So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. And I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back. To bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to six figure forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hartley. Uh, thank you for giving me 30, 45 minutes of your time. Um, I'm so excited that you've decided to commit the next bit of energy into growing your business. It's going to get you so much further. Uh, see, this is what I meant. Remember when I was talking about live content messing up? I've, I just did. I, uh, my brain, <laughs> my, my brain just trickled. It, we're going to try it again. I, <laughs> See, this is what it's all about, From Master the top, Mind. everybody. From the top, make it drop. That's a... <laughs> See, I almost started singing WAP. All right, here we go. We're going to do a lot in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hartley. Thank you for giving yourself this time to work on your business, not just in it. The purpose of the podcast is to help you grow. And we're going to do that by helping you win more inquiries, maximize your profits, and break through your limiting beliefs. Today, we're going to talk about getting more done. Uh, really specifically, a conversation around batching. But batching, um, we'll, we'll define it a little bit. For anybody who's familiar with what batching would, would look like, the batching process, um, I've got Abby Grace Springman here, and she's got a very different approach to batching than most people would normally have a conversation around. And so it's actually, a, an, I don't know how to say this, it's an exciting conversation. How can batching be exciting? You're going to find out in just a moment. Abby Grace Springman, she is of Abby Grace Photography. She's out in Washington, D.C., been a photographer for over 12 years really focusing up um, initially in the wedding space, going full force into brand photography. Abby, thanks for being here with us today. Oh, I should also say this. She, she, I didn't, I didn't quite fully get the reference and, and it's okay. I'm going to get a lot of slack for this. <laughs> Abby is also Hufflepuff. And so Abby, what would I be in the Harry Potter world? What, uh, what would I be? Do you, you have know? to go take the sorting hat test. You have to go to Pottermore and take the sorting hat test and it'll tell you. And I feel like you might be a Hufflepuff. I don't oh my, know. Really? You might be, but I could see Ravenclaw too. Okay. Is so sorry, everybody else who's listening <laughs> to this right now, um, non Harry Potter fans, but real quick, is this kind of like the Enneagram, but, but but in Lord of the Rings or, or I'm sorry, um, Harry Potter, oh, <laughs> Harry <my> Potter. <laughs> uh, 
little bit of indicative of your personality. I'm going to, your, your listeners are going to hate me. I kind of don't believe in the Enneagram and like, I, I, my husband calls them business horoscopes. Um, and so like, I believe that they have value for some people, but I feel boxed in by the Enneagram. So when someone's like, oh, you're such a whatever, then Mm -hmm. I'm like, you don't know me enough to like categorize. How dare you limit me for whatever box this. So apparently I have an eight and that, and like, like that makes me even more of an eight. The fact that I have that, those beings. That's very eight of you. <laughs> there was that's... a, I follow John Christ on Twitter and he tweeted like, what's the Enneagram number that doesn't care about anyone else's Enneagram number. And so I, I screenshotted it and sent it to two of our friends who are like big Enneagram fans. And within 30 seconds, both of them texted me back. And they're like, yeah, that's an eight. Oh. Yeah. I love it. Okay. This is good. Uh, I don't know too much about the Enneagram either, but I have, I've got a little bit, uh, I got, I have a little bit of awareness. So Abby, um, we're going to be talking about badging and before we do it, maybe it'll be appropriate to kind of describe like what batching is, mm-hmm. um, for anyone who's kind of unfamiliar with, with the lingo here. Um, but ultimately this is about efficiency and getting more done in your business. And so give us a quick, you know, definition for, for what would, uh, what would be considered batching? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, it depends on how fractured your schedule is. For me, I break my batches up by day. So each day of the week is assigned to a particular area of my business. And the purpose for that is so that I can focus on one thing for an extended period of time without constantly needing to context switch. Context switching is trying to like, okay, maybe you're working on marketing in the morning and then you're editing in the afternoon. And then the next day you're like working on Facebook ads and then an hour later you're in box. And it's like all like you're, you're having to change your brain from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And that's hard for me. I have ADHD and like trying to go like bounce all around my business in the confines of a couple of hours is an a surefire way to make sure I get very little done. And so batching arose out of a need for me to be able to give my best effort and my best concentration to each sort of arm of my business. Um, and like be able to focus on just that thing. So like, have you ever read the book deep work? Uh, I I'm familiar with that. I don't know if I've read it or not, yeah. but I, I'm like, I just, there's too many, please yeah, go yeah. into it. It's one of my favorite books. It's by Cal Newport. If you like at all struggle with like getting in the zone and sort of that like hum, Hmm. Deep Work is like hands down the best business book I've ever read. It's kind of hard to get through, but it's worth it. Um, And so like the purpose of Deep Work is to try to, is to teach you how to get into that hum. And as someone who's like really struggles with focus, when I can get locked in and I'm like truly in the zone, I can get a lot done, but it's really hard for me to get in that zone, especially when I'm like looking at a a to-do list with like 15 different items that are all across across my business. So I may look at my, my, my to-do list and it's like, okay, finish editing this wedding and then deliver the preview edits from that brand session. And then don't forget to download your film scans. And then also make sure you're working on your SLO product for your educational offerings. And then also make sure you write the webinar. Like I was like, it's, there's so many different pieces. You and just they're, stressed they're, me out right there. Right. <laughs> right. So you look at a, you look like you look at that kind of to-do list and you're like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? I'm just going to do the easiest thing. And mm. then you end up looking at your, your, your to-do list at the end of the day. And like, you didn't get much of consequence done. And so what I have found that batching does. So real, real, real quick, yeah. real quick. I want to, I want to slow down for one second and I want to re recap that. Mm-hmm. So, so for the photographers listening, this is that experience that they have when they open up their laptop and they've got the to-do list and it says email client, their photographs, edit sneak peeks for this mm-hmm. person, post to Instagram, write blog post, mm-hmm. uh, renew liability insurance. Send your lenses in for repair, like all of these different things that are different like areas of your brain. Mm-hmm. And so batching is a way for you to 
like focus on one area at a time and get your best work done. There's this principle called attention residue. And it's the concept that when you switch from one, one like task or like one area of your brain to a, to a different one. So let's say from editing to email, that there's a residue that can last like anywhere from like five to 15 minutes Hmm. that you're still like when you switch from editing to email, your brain is still thinking about editing for like anywhere from five to 15 minutes after that, maybe longer if you're, if you haven't like fully transitioned into email. So for those people who are constantly backing, bouncing back and forth between email and editing, you're giving the worst of your attention to both of them because your brain never fully resolves where it's supposed to be. Mm. And so for me, attention residue is something it's, highly ineffective if I'm trying to get any sort of writing done. And I write a lot for our business. Like I, um, I write sales copy, I write educational products, and I can't do that if I'm constantly trying to recover from attention residue because I keep checking my inbox. Got and it. so, go ahead. This is a, well, so uh, I relate to this. I'll, I'll just tie some other things. Like, um, so in my oil painting days, I still get a chance to get in front of the cameras every now and then. But I discovered that every time um, I would have to uh, put my paintbrushes maybe down and switch a paintbrush and even just reload it with paint that there was, what did you describe it again? That that something residue, the attention residue, attention residue. And then I'd get back in front of the canvas again, it would like, um, it would throw me way off. Mm -hmm. And so I started to learn how to just like in a single hand, hold like a dozen brushes that were all in order. (laughs) And I could literally just grab and move and grab and paint and just put them back instead of having to go back in the zone. Yeah. 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 And that's what you mentioned with deep work is it allows you to just be, um, in that space, in that mm-hmm. zone of like, uh, flow is like, yeah. is that an flow appropriate state. word? Yeah, that's flow another state? word for it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fantastic. Now I, batching is, is a conversation that I've heard of before. Um, and I typically though hear about batching. Um, you had already mentioned breaking it down by day. Yeah. Um, and I've never really gone that route. Normally I've, I hear about batching is like, okay, so the first part of your day, you're going to focus on emails for the first hour of your day and just emails. And then from there, you're going to go to editing or, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, you've moved to breaking it down into day. Can you explain? Yeah why you've done that. And then we can get into the specifics of each day maybe. Yeah. So I think it came again out of a need for me to be able to like stop bouncing around. And so we have a few different arms of our business. We have the educational arm. So I do like workshops and courses and um, well, not really in-person workshops anywhere, but like courses, online products, speaking, that kind of thing. I do education on Mondays. So on Mondays when I get into my office and those are usually like the hardest things for me to do each week, um, like writing new products. So I put it right at the beginning of my week. Tuesdays is devoted to my brand clients. So that's when I would edit brand sessions or like blog brand sessions schedule pre-shoot calls with my clients for their brand shoots. Wednesdays are for weddings. So that's when I'd edit or have calls with my my brides. Thursdays are my meeting days. I got that um, I got that idea from Ashlyn Carter. So on Thursdays, I, that whole day is just reserved for meetings. And if I don't have a meeting during a particular block, then I have like a best effort block where I'll just get, get whatever I can done off of my to-do list. And then Fridays are personal development days. That's where I work on stuff for my mastermind that I'm part of. That's where we, like, I would listen to podcasts that would help me grow in, you know, particular, like take a workshop, like a course that I've purchased that I haven't consumed yet. That's what I do on Fridays. Mm. Um, and so the reason that I broke it up like that was because like, I don't know about you, but like if I get an email, let's say from a brand client with a question on a Friday, I'm like, oh, I need to answer this as quickly as possible. Or like they need to meet. It's got to be today because 
they, they their question seems urgent, but being able to have the mental space to be able to say, no, on Tuesdays, I do branding. So I'm not available today, but I can talk with you on Tuesday. Here are the couple of times that I'm available or here's my Calendly link and we can talk then. Um, or like, let's say I get to Thursday and I'm like, oh, I should really like put a blog post up for that wedding that I shot a few weeks ago. But you know what? I don't need to feel guilty about not doing that today because Wednesdays are for weddings. And so I'll do that next Wednesday. And it allows you to, if you imagine your mind like a countertop, and all the things that you have to do are potential like items out on your countertop. I want to be able to put as many of those things in the drawer and shut the drawer and know that there's a particular day set aside for me to open that drawer as opposed to keeping everything on your countertop. And every time you come in the kitchen, you feel guilty about all of this stuff on your to-do list as opposed to that sort of peace that comes with saying, I don't need to worry about that because it's a Friday and I blog weddings on Wednesdays. So I don't have to worry about that until next Wednesday. And when it gets to next Wednesday, there's a time and a place already set aside for me to do that work so I can take it off of my mental countertop. That makes sense. Um, this is something that the, the mental countertop analogy really connects with me. Uh, when I first started the podcast, people could schedule it whenever, mm-hmm. pretty much whenever it was like, I mean, on the week, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to like 4 or 5 p.m. And I just like, I'd have a podcast someday to like, tune into. <laughs> like oh my God, okay, we're, we're, I'm doing a podcast right now. And that, that the mental, mental residue, Attention residue. Attention residue. That's a. And that's ugh. not my term. That's like a term that some much smarter person came up with a few years ago. No, so. Yeah, it's good. It's a. It's a sticky. It's a interesting. So the attention residue. So it, yeah, I would definitely feel that. Like it would just pull me right out of whatever I was in, and suddenly I was like, okay, I'm doing a podcast now. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned, and so now I only record podcasts Tuesday. Wednesday or Thursday at, at three, three o'clock. Yep, yep. That's it. Those are my options. And I know it's like, it's got this place on the table. Now I'm curious the way that you've structured this, you mentioned, for example, that uh, I think you said your brand photography, mm-hmm. that's going to be taking place on Wednesday. Is that correct? Tuesdays. Tuesday. Thank you. Okay, yep. cool. So, so, um, so with that though, it sounds like what I'm what I'm hearing is that there's almost like there's a theme for each day, and you could call that a batch. Like the batch is going to be brand, but mm-hmm. then within that day, I imagine you're also batching within the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, within the day of your branding day. So, for example, Tuesday is all brand stuff, but when you come in you could still get right back into the same situation that we've already mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. That attention residue kicks in when you're sending first looks for a, for a brand shoe, you know, sneak peeks, and then you're emailing someone and then you're writing a blog post for branding. Mm-hmm. So, so then within the day, how are you batching out your day per themed category for each day? Yeah. yeah. So I use a method called time block planning. Um, and time again, block planning. Mm-hmm. Again, to throw it back to Cal Newport, he's he's my favorite author. Um, he He's the one who wrote the book Deep Work. He uh, has a planner called the time block planner. And it's basically just like a bunch of cells. And you fill it in with like, let's say you get into your office at 8 o'clock in the morning and you plan to work until 1 p.m. There are... So that's eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one. You'd have 12 cells to fill in, one half hour block for each cell. And so I go in there and you put a number per hour next to the row of cells and you pre-designate at the beginning of the day what it is that you want to work. So like when I get into my office, I generally try to get in my office around 7 a.m. because my workday ends at 2.30 Hmm. Um, cause my son wakes up from his nap and then work is over. But yeah. like at 7am when I come in, the first thing I do is I take a look at what meetings do I have? I fill those in. Um, okay. What's like pressing. Do I have any deadlines today? Um, and then what, like, what else do we have? That's going to fill in my schedule. So let's say it's a Tuesday morning and I'm like, all right, I know that I need to get Carrie her gallery by the end of the week, but I'm not going to work on her gallery any other day. So today's the day for me to finish her gallery. So I'm going to go ahead and schedule from seven to nine 
Uh, I'm going to schedule to work on Carrie's gallery to finish editing it, upload it, and then deliver it from nine to 10. I think from that, like I'll work on emails. And then from 10 to 12, I'm going to, I don't know, update my portfolio or um, do brand research for my client who's come, who's, whose shoot is coming up in two weeks. And then from 12 to one, I'm going to fill in whatever you know, things. But I look at the beginning of the day, I know how every hour of my day is going to be spent because what that helps me do is say, okay, for the next two hours, I am only focusing on Carrie's edits because these need to get done and they need to get delivered to, they need to get delivered today. Um, so I turn off email. I turn off social media. I actually delete Instagram from my phone on the evenings and the weekends and I don't re-upload it again until I have something to share if I need to check something. Um, and so I try to eliminate as much distraction as possible so that I'm only working on that one particular task. So when it comes to like batching with like blog posts, because I'm only working on brand stuff on Tuesdays, I'll go in and, and do like three blog posts in one go. So I will stomp all of my images in blog stomp, then upload all of them, tag them with alt tags, then type the um, like the, the text that I want at the top of the blog post and then schedule those out for the next couple of weeks. I do the same thing with weddings on Wednesdays, like weddings or engagement sessions. Like so like I'm not bouncing back and forth between like editing and my inbox all day long because there is one block of time, maybe two blocks of time for me to catch up on that one task. And other than that, it's not, I don't, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it because I definitely am like, oh, frick, I'm waiting for an email from KT. So I need to go back and, you know, check my inbox real quick to see if she's popped in, something like that. But like, I try really hard. I don't keep my inbox open all day because it's a recipe for inattention and distraction. So everything's getting scheduled is what I'm hearing. And you're scheduling this in a physical planner, not like through a, a, through any sort of like web app. Right. Yeah. I should have brought, I should have brought my planner downstairs, but um, yeah, it's a, it's called, she's called the time block planner and it is a non-dated book with what, like two pages per day. And like on the left-hand side of the page, it's okay, here are all the tasks that I have for my day. And then here's a column for ideas that I might have. And then on the right side of the, the, the right page, you've got those empty cells for you to sketch out your, your, um, daily schedule. And like I get off track. Like let's say it's 7:30 in the morning and I get pulled away from my desk for an hour for who knows what reason. Then I'm going to go in and I'm going to cross out the schedule that I made and I'm going to make another one right next to it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's it, the time block planner. Um yeah. Yeah, for anyone who's listening to the podcast right now, um, this is being streamed as a as a live video in my mastermind group. Uh, and so I've gone ahead and I've pulled up the time block planner here and and just kind of have a visual reference for everyone who's watching live right now. If you're interested in getting a chance to catch behind the scenes recordings of the podcast live, uh, you can hop over to the mastermind group. There'll be a link in the in the podcast description, but benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Uh, we'll get you to see the video. You can see, you know, Abby here, but also some of the references that we'll have during our conversation. Um, plus, you get a chance to catch episodes of the podcast months before they ever hit Spotify or iTunes. So, just wanted to kind of share that. So, uh, is there a reason that you do a physical planner instead of like? Is that an intentional thing? Like it yeah. keeps the focus, or yeah, or- it does. I I am one of those people who like. I mean, for example, today I was trying to, I had a really distracted morning. I was trying to email my second shooter who also did our family portraits because I had a question about one of the pictures that she took for us. And I pulled out my phone. I called her. She didn't pick up. So I was like, okay, I'll just shoot her a text. You know what? Never mind. I'm not going to shoot her a text. I'll send her an email. So I pull up email and wouldn't you know it, there's something in my inbox that's shiny. And I click on that and said, in two hours later, I still had not emailed Lauren. (laughs) And so I use a physical planner because I get so distracted when I get online. Um, I 
actually, I'm a little, I'm a little bit extreme when it comes to like the digital minimalistic approach, like deleting Instagram on evenings and weekends. But I also use an app called, I don't know if you've heard of it, the Freedom app. Um, the Freedom app. The Freedom app. Do so tell. I I will use, it's an app that you can use to block other sites and apps on your phone and your computer. So I have a, uh, a, a block scheduled for every evening beginning at 5 p.m. all the way until 8 a.m. the next day. And then a block that goes throughout the weekend that blocks email, social media, any news sites that I might get to, any basically anything that I might find myself picking up if I'm bored or looking to be distracted. Mm. Because I, and this was something that like I was committed to before I became a mom. But once my son was born, I was like, I want my son to know my face, not the back of my phone. And mm. so like Matt and I try really hard to be intentional about not being on our phones as like a default almost like pacifier type thing. And so I've taken that approach, realizing how easy it is for me to get distracted when I pull up the internet. So if it was like every time I needed to check my planner, I had to go to a site or like had to pull up some kind of app on my computer, it would be so easy for me to like, oh, well, while I'm here, I'll just like check Mm -hmm. BBC or, oh, what's that? I've got new emails. I'll check those. Um, And so instead I keep a physical planner that I write in um, and it also makes it easier for me to go back through and be like, oh, what was that idea that I had a couple of weeks ago for a new product for brand photographers? Ah, here it is. And it's like a central low. It just helps me centralize things. Yeah. There's another one while we're talking about this, that if you, um, uh, Facebook eradicator. Yes. I saw that you had that on your newsfeed. I have that too. I love yeah, it. So it's just called the, oh, no, newsfeed eradicator. Yep. And uh, when you Game log into Facebook, changer. it just takes away your entire feed. I'm, I'm sharing my personal Facebook <laughs> page right now. But it, it takes away my entire feed and then it just leaves you like some kind of quote. I was going to say some lame quote, quote insure, inspirational quote, like kind of eye roll quote. Today's quote is the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. That's pretty good. Um, but I, I wish I it was on mobile, um, Newsfeed Eradicator, yeah. because I do so much. I already mentioned the mastermind group. I do so much in that group mm-hmm. um, that uh, that I need to, I need, I need to be in there. Yeah. Um, but I, so I, I need to figure, do you have a solution for mobile for, uh, for staying distra- distraction free? Uh, deleting, deleting your shiz? I was going to say, I don't have the Facebook app on my phone and I don't really access Facebook on my phone either. Um, Instagram's really the only social media app that I have on my phone. So I don't have a solution for that, but I bet you that there is one. Yeah. Um, let me yeah. think on that and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. So uh, out of curiosity, like, um, how do you avoid, or, or not even avoid, but what do you do when the fires come? You know, and, and what I mean is this, like we're, we're small business owners, right? And there's always fires to get put out. There's always a client that there's an emergency for, something's happened, mm-hmm. um, uh, a file's needed, uh, a, there's just always things, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's unhappy, um, they've got requests. What do you do in these situations where you feel like it's a customer service concern or issue mm-hmm. um, that needs to be addressed off schedule, right? There's a Tuesday yeah. brand client that's upset with you on Friday. Uh-huh. Yeah. What I would probably say, um, so normally like I stop my workday at 2.30. Um, what I would probably do is build in because we do, I build in catch up blocks into my schedule. I'll just put like a 30 minute like catch up here in case I didn't finish my edits or like something arises that needs immediate attention. I would probably try to do it during that block. If it's like a real, like, hey, someone's 
mad. And I, I mean, I can't like stomach that. So I would be like, what are you available right now? Like, can we talk right now? And then I would adjust my schedule from there because I know that if I don't address something like that, it's going to eat at me and it make it impossible for me to do anything (laughs) anyways. Um, schedule be darned. But so I would say if it's, if it's a thing, like a customer service issue where they're upset, I am one of those people who believes that bad news doesn't get better with time. Get on the phone as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, and I say phone, unless it's an issue where like the client's being hostile, in which case I do believe that email is better because it allows you to leave a, a paper trail. We don't have that happen very often. I'm trying, sure. I don't remember the last time we had that happen. But if it's like a... I mean, we, we did have this happen a few... A few months ago, we had um, a client that uh, we unfortunately needed to let go. Um, and it was something I didn't feel comfortable doing over email. And it was a Wednesday. And so we emailed the client and we're like, hey, we need to get on the phone with you today if possible. Um, and so we had that conversation on the phone on a Wednesday. And then I could be done with it and move on without it eating up the rest of my attention for the, for the next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you about that question. Cause I know everyone who's listening now is like, well, what did you say? What do you mean you had to let somebody go? We're going to, we're, we're going to go to that in a minute if you're willing to yeah. talk about it. Sure. But before I do, um, that, that makes sense. Have you read, um, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week? I started it and then never finished it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> but but you, one of the things that I learned from that book is that it, it's shocking the amount of things that we think um, we have to be the one yes. to solve that yes. like we need to be the rescuer and step in that it, it, we kind of catastrophize a lot of things where we're like, this is an emergency. And I, what Tim mentions in the book is that he discovered that when he stopped um, uh, putting himself out there as an available solution to the to the problems mm-hmm. and he he delegated uh, that like the amount of times that if, if things actually were an emergency, yeah. His phone would ring, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that's kind of what it would come down to. And, um, and I've taken that to heart. There's, there's some interesting approaches in his book. And I actually feel like I need to, I need to reread it because, um, I need to resharpen up. So I, I'm going to add mm-hmm. these two books. So Tim Ferriss's for our work week and then, uh, deep work, uh, mm-hmm. are going to be added to my list here, uh, over the weekend. Okay. So, uh, I want to get, I, do you mind if, do you mind if we talk, like kind of derail for just a hot second? That's fine. Talk about how you let somebody go. Sure. I just feel like you, you just kind of gave us a, like a, this big tease. <laughs> and I think that this is a question that a lot of photographers do have. Yeah. And, um, and so hopefully the listeners won't be too upset that we're kind of sidetracking. I do want to yeah. get back into when you, when you set your schedule, but real quick, You've decided that this isn't going to work out with a client for whatever reason. How did you handle that conversation? Yeah. So I will say like, I, I am not usually one to shy away from confrontation. I don't mind it. Um, I am a very direct person. Because you're a Hufflepuff. Because it's probably more because I'm an eight, you know? Um, (laughs) I was like, I just was sick to my stomach over it. So like... Mm. Even someone who doesn't mind awkward conversation. I mean, I literally have a pack of email templates called the gentle no in our shop. Like, I don't mind telling people no. I don't mind making people feel uncomfortable. Not like to just for the sake, the, the pleasure of making them squirm or anything like that. But I don't have any problem asserting boundaries is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And this was a very uncomfortable conversation for me. I actually sought out a wedding planner in my area who I know has had to let a few clients go before and ask for her advice because the last thing that I, I didn't want to... Um, I needed to sever the professional working relationship, but I didn't want to burn the bridge because I didn't want to leave this client feeling 
like they were an awful person or that like, oh gosh, now Abby hates me or anything like that. And so we were very careful as to how we did it. Um, so like I said, like I said, we did get on the phone. That was, I was originally going to send an email and the wedding planner that I spoke with was like, nope, get on the phone because they'll be able to hear your voice and can't read something into your voice that's not there. And so mm-hmm. I had written out also per her, per her suggestion, um, I had written out like a script of what I wanted to say. And I just read straight down the script. And then I sent that script as a follow-up email, just like per our conversation, here's this, we are terminating the contract. So um, what we ended up doing was just um, saying, hey, um, this is what happened. And we found this and we, uh, it was an issue of, of plagiarism. Um, and so we found um, that my work has been plagiarized by you and we need to go ahead and it's, um, I can no longer in good faith move forward with photographing this, with photographing for you without feeling like this is then going to be plagiarized afterwards. I'm sure you can understand, but we do need to go ahead and cancel your session. Um, I just wanted it to be done. So we, um, we, we went ahead and refunded her retainer fee as well um, because I just, I wanted it to be over and completely off my plate. Um, but from that conversation, she was, um, she was obviously like disappointed. Uh, she handled it very gracefully and I was, I was very grateful for that. Um, it wasn't a long conversation. And, and so like once that was over, we sent the follow-up email, but then we also did go back with our attorney and tweak our contract to say that like, if for some reason in the future, we need to terminate a contract for a similar reason, we're like, the, like I, the photographer have suffered wrongdoing from behalf of the client that we will keep the retainer fee because we'd save that date. We book, you know, we book brand shoots like three months out and like we were less, we were probably like a month away from their shoot. Um, and so like, there's no way I could book another session. So we lost money because we gave back the retainer fee and they didn't pay the final balance. And so that was a lesson learned from us. I don't have any regrets about refunding it because I felt at peace with just like getting it. We also did uh, send over a, a non disclosure agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, I don't, I don't have any regrets about how we, how we handle that. I do in the future. However, I would keep the retainer fee if something like that were to happen again, just because I mean, that space on our calendar is worth a lot of money. And, and we had already turned away other people for those dates that, that are for the date that that photog- that person had booked us for. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's how we handled it. It was like, not fun and you know makes everybody feel like kind of blech afterwards but i'm glad that we did it and um now we know moving forward just like to be on the lookout for that kind of thing and and, and also just like from a practical standpoint for like our courses and everything that like placing copyright information on like every page of your course modules and stuff like that that that's important so that was a long yeah. tangent sorry <laughs> no for sure man the amount of yeah i get it i <laughs> I get it as well. So many of my things are just duplicated everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it sucks. It really sucks. It sucks to see your work reproduced by other people who, who don't understand maybe why it's not okay. Um, you should do, you should do an episode on the difference between plagiarism and inspiration, because I think there is like people who are just like, I had no idea it wasn't okay to like basically head swap your client, my client in for yours. Um, but it's not okay because like people hire you to create original work for them. And if it's not original work, especially, especially coming from a branding photography perspective, like I'm shooting for other business owners, I'm working B2B. And so if my work is being reproduced by another photographer for their client, it calls into question, like how qualified are you really, if you're going to, if you don't come up with original ideas and you're just taking from other people. And so I hope, I really, really hope that it was a learning lesson for the person that, you know, that we ended up having to let go. And I don't have any hard feelings. I just, I think, I think there does need to be some conversations there in our industry about the difference between plagiarism and inspiration. Cause that line seems to get blurred. 
a lot. Sure. Yeah. I had to let a, a wedding client go as well. And, but and I only say this because I had to do the same thing where I wrote out exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to say, got on the phone and just in order to stay on track and to say what needed to be said without all of the ums and that it's not you. And I just, mm-hmm. and just and not getting and emotional just, and, and just, yeah. yeah, just being able to, to kind of say what I needed to say Yep. and then, um, and be able state to state the facts, forward. take out the emotion. Don't talk yeah. about how it made you feel. Just say, these are the facts of the situation. And as a result, this is what we're going to do moving forward. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So, so thanks for going <laughs> off on that tangent. I appreciate it. Uh, because this is, it's a question that I think a lot of people find themselves in and we're just not prepared for it. We, I think because we're solopreneurs, so many of us, and what we do is so deeply personal for our clients mm-hmm. um, and connected that we often think that it'll never happen, that we'll never have uh, the, these things happen in our business. And so we're in, I think a lot of ways, at least, I, man, I'm speaking for myself right now. I was a little jaded. I was just like, no, everything's always going to be good. People are always going to be happy with the work that I produce and I'll never have to have these conversations. And then one day it'll happen and we're kind of blindsided and we don't know what to do. And so hopefully and this will so help so personal. Someone. Like it yeah. feels like a violation of your personal worth. And so like, if that happens to you, let me just tell you, whoever is listening, it has nothing to do with your worth as a human being. Like everybody makes mistakes. And if you have a client that's upset, like it's a learning experience, but it's not, a, it doesn't make you a failure. It's information for you moving forward. And if you did something wrong, you made a mistake, you recoup and then you move on, but you cannot attach that to your personal worth as a human or your worth as an artist. Amen. So getting back to batching, uh, specifically getting back to batching with the, uh, with the, what is it? What's the structure called again? The uh, time time uh, blocks. Yeah. So time Time block planning. Yeah. 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 So when are you actually uh, filling out the time blocks? When are you scheduling it? In In the morning. Yeah. Okay. So it is the day of. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't do it the, the, the night before because let's say my son has a really tough night and like is up from one to two 30, which hasn't happened in a long time. But like, if that were to happen, I would probably sleep later the next day as a result. And so I wouldn't be in my office at seven 30. So I don't like to assign time blocks until I'm like in the office and ready to go. Uh, but yeah, I do the whole day's worth of time blocks because what happens is if I don't, then I take, I either work out of my inbox using my inbox as a to-do list, which is a horrible way to get anything done because that really ensures that you're bouncing a lot back uh, between different areas of your business. So a ton of context switching there. But then it's also like you're only ever seeing the most urgent stuff at the top of your inbox. And urgent does not always equal important. Um, And so I want to be getting the urgent alongside the important work done. You know, like, I don't know, you probably have this, like projects that have been on your to-do list for like weeks, months, maybe years that you're like, oh, "Oh, I really want to do this. I'll do it when I have the time. And like newsflash, your calendar is never going to pop up and be like, today's the day you tackle all those things that you've been putting off for months. You have to make time for it. I want you as a GPS voice. (laughs) (laughs) That was my takeaway from that. (laughs) You have reached your final destination. No, that makes so much sense though. Um, If it's not scheduled, it's not real. Like if it's not scheduled, that's what I've discovered. Um, And so then pretty much automatically every day, your first maybe half hour is on your time block is already taken and it is fill out your time block. I mean, it takes like 10 minutes. It takes maybe 10 minutes because we we work out of Trello. So Matt and I, Matt is my husband and my business manager. And so we have all of our to-do lists 
tracked in Trello. So like there's an area for branding, an area for weddings, an area for um, mastermind stuff, and an area for educational products. And so I just go into Trello if I'm not already aware of like what I need to do. Because sometimes the urgent stuff is the most important. Like, hey, Carrie's brand shoot is due today. So like, let's do that first. <laughs> let's yeah. edit that first. Um, or like you have a, a, a 9 a.m. meeting with one of your brand clients, like go ahead and do your brand research for them. Uh, sometimes your schedule or your deadlines will dictate what you work on first. But sometimes you get into your office and you're like, I don't have anything to do today. Yeah. Either what do I feel like working on or what's the most important thing for me to work on? What's going to move the needle for me mm-hmm. to, to do work on? Even if it's not like the sexiest or the most exciting thing on my to-do list, what needs to get done? For example, I hate writing sales pages. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, so sales pages for courses or like webinars or like freebie products. I, I don't like writing those, but they are important. And the longer I put off writing a sales page, the longer it's going to be before we can launch whatever new killer product that we've been working on. And the longer it'll be before we can get it into the hands of people who need it. So that sales page isn't sexy, but it's essential. And so that's why like on Mondays, I work on education. So I can't get to my office and be like, meh, I don't feel like working on that. Instead, I'll just edit a wedding instead. Like, nope, today is Monday. We work on educational stuff. And so it helps keep me honest mm. and helps keep me accountable to myself for those goals that I want to do, but that seem hard. And so you put them off. Yeah. Love it. Abby, this is awesome. Um, I'd, I'd love for you to share where people can find you online, where they can learn more about your systems and methodologies. And uh, yeah, where can people message you at? Yeah, people can find me. You can find me at abbygracephotography.com. We have a, if you click the education tab up at the top, you'll find more there. Um, sorry, that's my dog. Um, and um, you can also find me on Instagram at abbygracephoto. If you guys have questions for me, please feel free to don't, don't send me a, well, you know, you could send me a DM on Instagram. I, I'll, I'll do my best to check those. I'm not the greatest <laughs> at being on Instagram, but um, if you have a question or like are looking for further resources, you can check out the educational site um, or you can shoot us an email info at abbygracephotography.com. I would love to chat with you. I will just forewarn you guys now. I'm infamous for sending back voice texts because I hate typing out messages. So if you send me a question, I will most likely respond with a Loom video or a voice text. You and me both. Everybody, people will email me and I will just say, check your DMs as a reply. And then I will DM them a video of me replying to their email. (laughs) It's just so much, it's so much faster. And I also feel like we miss that human connection so much. Like that there's something really gratifying about being like, wow, they took the time to respond to me like with their actual face or their actual voice. This isn't an assistant that's applying on their behalf. It's actually them. That's what I appreciate. When I sent you a DM about your interview with, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about how he doesn't use social media anymore. And his email list is where it was a, a podcast from a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I sent you a DM and I was like, Hey, I loved this episode. This is so good. And you responded with a, with a video. And I was like, that Ben, he is so great. (laughs) I love it, Abby. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was inspiring for me. I feel like I want to recalibrate, um, my own workflow systems here in terms of how I'm approaching efficiency, how I'm scheduling up my days. And so this gave me a lot to think about, uh, and implement. So really appreciate you. It was my joy. Thanks for having me. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Man, this is incredible. I I hope you guys took away as much as I did uh, from Abby Grace. And so make sure you check out her work. Um, uh, Thank you again for being here. I can't wait for you guys to tune into the next episode. The big takeaway uh, that I want you guys to be left with is keep showing up. Bye, everybody.